Good evening. I see a few visitors in the auditorium. We greatly, greatly welcome you and appreciate you being here with us. On another note, to Watterson Trail Church of Christ, as we go through, we're going through a minister search, but I want to let the members of Watterson Trail know the encouragement that you bring is just outstanding. I mean, from Chuck, Dan, it's just outstanding and it's greatly appreciated. I just want everyone to know that. Our topic today, this morning, it was, our topic this morning was, if you wasn't here, it was be your best. So that was our topic. This afternoon, it's part two of be your best. <laughs> and what I have, I have two stories. One comes from the Bible and one doesn't. So I'm going to do the one that doesn't first and then I'll do the end with the one from the Bible. Have anyone ever heard of a movie called Rudy? All right. So this is about Rudy. So when you're talking about being your best, the first thing that came to my mind was Rudy. So for those that don't know Rudy, let me give you a little bit of history about Rudy. <laughs> um, Rudy, one of his ultimate goals, he wanted to play football for Notre Dame. Um, it was almost kind of like Alabama. You have to weigh so much. You got to be so big. You're acute. But this guy, Rudy, was 5'7", 165 pounds, wet, not very fast. He was also in a family of one of 14 kids. And he also, nobody really knew, he kind of got in trouble at class because he, it didn't appear that he was paying attention, but they found out later he had a learning disorder. So he defied all the, he defied all the odds. So his goal, like you said, was to get into Notre Dame. He couldn't get in, and so what they said, you have to go to a junior college. And you're going to have to go to this junior college two years, and after you go to the junior college for two years, then we'll see what happened. So we sent a letter. The first letter was rejected. So we sent another letter. It's okay. It was rejected. Now, as we talk about being your best, and we all know, in the process of being your best, things just don't line out the way you want them to line out all the time on the first time. Eventually, he got the letter. He, he went on his dad's job and said, I want you to read this. The dad kind of passed out. My boy <laughs> got into Notre Dame? I mean, it's like impossible. So he got in. And then when he went to Notre Dame, he walked in there. 
and he looked at the football field. And it just kind of blew his mind. So now one of his goals was, if I can just get on practice squad. Because basically, Notre Dame, it had 95 players, 60 of them would dress, 35 of them wouldn't make it. So he's like, if I could just get on the practice squad. So for two years, he got on the practice squad. So now it came to a point, it was his senior year. He had a different goal. If I could just dress one game, because what I want to do is I want to go through that tunnel. That was the ultimate goal to go to Notre Dame and then to go through that tunnel and look at all those people. I went to a Tennessee game. I think Tennessee seats maybe 100,000. It's a different kind of view. So all he wanted, the coach looked at him, and the coach put his head back down. That basically meant no. <laughs> so, so one of the players on the team that read about Rudy and everything that was going on with Rudy, and one of the players on the team said, Coach, he could take my spot. So it's hard for the coach to say no when the player done that. So Rudy got his other goal. He got to go out into the, uh, to dress. And then what had happened, there was a story, the media did a story on Rudy and talked about his determination and him going to be the best of it, to be the best that he could be. They wrote it, they wrote it. So the whole stadium knew about Rudy. So when they seen Rudy go through the tunnel, like, is that Rudy? So at the end of the game, it was three minutes left. Notre Dame was already winning. So you know Rudy, coach. <laughs> Can I get in for just one play? The coach said, no. Then all of the, the whole stadium, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> now the whole stadium was looking at the coach. Rudy, go in. <laughs> so Rudy got in, made the last tackle of the game, and at the end of the game, they cut Rudy out. When you talk about being your best, Never give up. Keep on going. My next story. David and Goliath. I don't know if you ever heard of David and Goliath. <laughs> Some laugh, but we have visitors. Some people may not have heard of David and Goliath. So what I'll do from the Bible, I got a few verses. It's like 52 verses. I'm not going to do that. I got some shortcuts that I'll take. I think that'll get the point across. So what we're going to do is 1 Samuel, chapter 17, and we're going to start off with verses 4 through 11. 1 Samuel, 
chapter 17, verse 4 through 11. And a champion went out from the, from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's big. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had a bronze armor on his legs, and he had a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of a spear was like a weaver's beam, and his armed spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the army of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to, the, to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servant of Saul? Choose a man for yourself and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you should be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that may fight together. Then Saul and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. Long story short, they were scared of this big old guy. All right, so we're going to move on now to verses 14 and 15. David was the youngest, and the three oldest, and the three oldest followed Saul. But David occasionally would and return from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. That's just a little bit about David. He's the youngest. They had him take care of the sheep. We'll move on a little bit more. We're going to go to verse 22, 22 to 25. And David left his supplies in the hand. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then, as he talked with them, there was a champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them, and all of the men of Israel, when they saw the man flee, when they saw the man flee from him, and were dreadfully afraid. So that's twenty-two to twenty-five. Now I want to go forward, thirty-three to fifty-one. So basically, where we at? We got this big old. I guess today we may want to call him a big bully, and everybody's scared of him. But it seems like he's not really impressing David too much. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Palestine to fight with him, for you are a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. So just because we're youth, that means we can't be prepared to go in battle? Well, we just keep on moving. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bird came and took a lamb out of the flock, 
I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant had killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Palestine would be like one of them, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Palestine. Now the thing about it is, it's one thing about being your best, doing the best you can, but it's another thing to also help faith. So when you take being your best, and then you put a dose of faith on it, that can kind of make you a little dangerous. Let's keep going. And Saul said to David, go, and the Lord be with you. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head. He also clothed him with the coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So, so David took them off. <laughs> so Saul's like, let me get you together, man. I'm going to give you this big old helmet. I'm going to give you this belt shield. <laughs> David's like, I can't walk. <laughs> he took them off. Let's keep going. Then he took his staff in his hands and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. He took all that stuff off and would have got five smooth stones and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Palestine. So the Palestine came, and he began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Palestine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth. There we go with that again. Ruddy and good looking. So the Palestine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Palestine cursed David by his gods. And the Palestine said to David, Come to me, and I will give you your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Palestine, You come to me with the sword, with the spear, and with the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. Well, that's strong. I'm going to strike you, and I'm going to take your head. <laughs> and this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Palestines to the birds of the earth, of the air, and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all, this, then all this assembly shall know that the Lord shall not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, 
and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Palestine arose and came and drew near David, that David harried and ran toward the army to meet the Palestine. Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Palestine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Now that's his little youth. So David prevailed over the Palestine with a sling and a stone and struck the Palestine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran, stood over the Palestine, and took his sword. Man, that's tough, ain't it? He didn't have one. He said he didn't need one. And after I beat you up, I'm going to take yours. And drew it out of his, drew it out of his sheet and killed him and cut off his head with it. And when the Palestinians saw their champion was dead, they fled. When it's all said and done, I truly believe when you are your best, the rest will take care of itself. And like with David, not only was he his best, he had a degree of faith. So when you're your best and you be faithful, that's a pretty good combination. If anyone here is subject to the invitation, we ask you to come. We're together, stand and sing.